three literally just piled up a bunch of pillows and you're sitting on that i'm sitting on a stack of mattresses princess and the pea over here yeah how did john give you baby ditties uh you pray and then somebody calls you and tells you they have a baby kitty for you but that's a male just like how we got katya but that's the mailman put it in a mailbox no, probably somebody will bring it to the farm. Oh. Can you go put outside with the other kids and make sure the gate is closed so baby oh, doesn't get out? Mommy, but when will you like the people open the jump over tomorrow? When do they go to the jump? I think they're going to bring them stories. Well, can you go play and then we'll talk about when I get off the Zoom call? Yeah. But mommy, guess what? What? We found three beetles. Three beetles. Okay, great. Can you please go play outside for just a little bit while I do a Zoom call and then Daddy gets here and you can help him put the rest of the stuff in the trailer? Oh, mommy. Yes. But I think Daddy did not know people don't over the and Daddy will know. Okay, go go tell the other kids, okay? okay. All right. <laughs> We're going to make it through. Okay. <clears throat> Oils and scripture, two things that go together perfectly. They are always. I did have a good sleep, thank you. They are always intermixed. You don't find scripture without oils, and you don't find oils without scripture. So um, it's really great to have a class on it. Um, these are like so streaky, not even working for me right now. So there is actually a couple books that I recommend. So, um, there's a book called oils plus scripture by Aaron Rogers. You can get that from the oilsupplystore.com. That is a really wonderful book. It's so easy to read. So cute. Aaron is so well researched and so thoughtful and she's done two live classes on it on Facebook. So, search through your Facebook groups. If you want to find it, just look for like oils and scripture, or just keyword search scripture and it'll probably pop up. But they're, the videos are like two hours long. They're really good. Then there's, um, this book healing God's forgotten gift by Dr. David Stewart. And it's actually a Bible study. There's a DVD that goes with it already packed the dvd but my mom and i did it we should totally do it again if if you guys are game like i'll post it so we can all do it but we did you know like every wednesday or something we all got on a zoom call and we did the lesson because it's kind of like a bible study that you do and but we are all every single one of us in different states yes, so i love it i love it i love it <laughs> it's so good mom and i were just like what 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 every day that we were doing it just like really no way it's it's crazy how much is right in front of your face but you don't notice it because you don't understand it i'll just say for instance there's a verse in the bible that says if any one of you is sick ask the elders of the church to come and put oils on him and pray for him how many times i've read that in my life don't even know but um <laughs> never realized what they're talking about. <laughs> so then there's also, um, oils of ancient scripture also by Dr. David Stewart. It's, 
basically the thick version of this. It's much more dense. There's a lot of really good information in it. And then my favorite actually book on oils of oils and scripture of all is called the Bible. <laughs> the OG. It's quite thick. There's a lot of words. <laughs> A compilation of authors, if you will, <laughs> but it's it's inspired, if you will. I, I love it. It's such a good book. <laughs> so there's a lot about um, oils and scripture in that book. Nothing like going straight to the source. So I'm going to actually we're going to talk about oils and scripture tonight, and we're going to talk about oils and scripture in terms of business. So we're kind of going to go over um, what like there's more just like we always tell people when they start doing the business of young living, you know, you can't really pick out your, like, it's hard to tell. You can't really tell where your personal life and the business and the oils, like you can't tell where it all begins and ends. It all mashes together. And just like that, when you read the Bible, Good. Can you close and, that door, please? And I'm gonna do two baby things and three baby things and three puppies for me. And okay, Camille, you... look. See, we're on a Zoom call. Yeah. Okay. Can you wait till I'm done to tell me? Uh, and you can tell me all about it, okay? What? I love the bird. Eating, uh, okay, so there's actually, sorry, y'all need to stop fainting on me. Um, there's a collection of oils called the oils of ancient scripture. It used to be called 12 oils of ancient scripture. Fortunately for me, I bought it back when there were 12. Now there's 10 in the collection because two of the oils, um, are ones that we can't get our hands on anymore, but that is fine. <clears throat> All right, this situation is fragile. So uh, some of the oils included in there are, and these names will ring a bell. This one actually just went out of stock today, but hyssop. If anybody's read the Bible, you're like, oh yeah, hyssop. Duh. Cassia, just kind of like a cinnamon oil, kind of spicy. Annika. Cypress, cannot think of Cypress without thinking of King Solomon. Aloes, which is sandalwood. Myrtle, cedarwood, and of course there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's also uh, frankincense, myrrh, um, and a couple others. So in ancient history, oils were the medicine of the day, and I. What I have found is as far back as we can find traces of humanity, there's traces of people distilling oils. And I didn't understand this when somebody said it once, but it makes sense to, I, I get it now. They said, if it didn't work, people would have stopped doing it over the last, you know, couple thousand years. <laughs> we would have stopped going to all that effort. And there are remedies in history I read a remedy in the Reminis magazine for sore throat, which is to place a crushed spider on the back of your throat. 
And I was like, obviously it worked because as soon as grandma crushes the spider, you're like, what? My smartphone is gone. I feel great. <laughs> I'm cured. So there are remedies that hmm, have come and gone. But interestingly, oils have always been used. In the Bible, they were perhaps most famously given as gifts from wise men who came seeking uh, the young Jesus. And they presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What's interesting is actually, this is a fun little tidbit, the word that is used for gold can actually be translated as gold or cypress oil. It is a word that, um, you know, like has a double meaning. So it could actually have been that they brought him three different oils. So the Ula, I think it's the Ula faith oil. The first oil in that one is Cypress for that reason. Cypress was also, Cypress was also, uh, no, balsam, sorry. I meant to say balsam for not Cypress. Um, balsam can also be translated as gold. So it is very valuable. Frankincense pound for pound was actually more valuable than gold. Diane said, Ula faith is amazing. It really is. It really is an amazing oil. What use would a baby have for, like, actual gold? <laughs> I mean, right? Perhaps just having money on hand. I mean, Nothing I think that's what I always but... assumed. But now that you say it as Cypress, I'm like, well, wow, they should have brought Mary that. Cause, dang, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was only two or whatever when they brought it to him. So I'm sure that she was, you know, as moms do, making use of it for him. Um, myrrh. There are also symbolic oils. Myrrh is one of the oils used to embalm bodies after the death. And um, oh, here's myrrh as we speak. And people have referred to the oils that were given to Jesus at that time being symbolic because frankincense is what was used to anoint kings in ancient Israel. Myrrh is what you would use for royalty at their death. And of course, balsam or gold, either one, always found in the house of a king. Elaine, you're back. What happened? Did you really pass out for real? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pull a couple little tidbits from this book, The Healing God's Forgotten Gift. It is so fascinating, and there's just too much to tell. So basically, in a way, this entire lesson will be a teaser for you to enjoy digging in more to these resources. There's just lifetimes worth of information to pull out. Plus, it gives me a chance to tell all my funny Bible jokes that nobody else ever gets. Sabrina's like, here we go. So um, what is fascinating, let's just talk Garden Geek for a minute. Uh, there's an amazing video on YouTube called, I think it's called Back to Eden, I think. But it's a one hour, 45 minute long documentary about gardening. It's Paul Gauchi. I'm not trying to say his last name. It's fantastic. If you just search Back to Eden Gardening, a couple of videos come up and there is
sorry, Gary called. Um, Mom or Colleen or Sabrina, can any one of you message Gary and let him know I'm on the Zoom call? <laughs> oh, what? What? Um, Mom, it, it, if, it might be my phone that was freezing because the phone call came in, and I think that freezes my screen when that happens. So in this video, he talks about how he uses kind of the old methods, what he, he calls it back to Eden because he says this is how surely they, you know, gardening happened in the Garden of Eden because he said, you're really not working. You're just kind of um, standing by almost because it's, it's incredible. And it, it's really fascinating the way he weaves scripture in with his gardening. And of course, I'm listening to it also as a young living person and I was just staggered I was like I was like we could literally do an entire young living class based on this video it's so insanely good so I do hope that you will um spoil yourself with it but um in it he talked about how he had plants also, I think it was potato plants growing and they were doing really great. And then he had potato plants growing closer to the water and they were doing even better. And he basically found that plants that pull moisture from below versus are watered from above actually do better. And what's interesting, and he refers to this in the video, is how in the very early days, in the very early days in Genesis, the Bible refers to mist coming up from the earth, not rain. The flood was the first time that rain actually fell in earth's history. It was always the water coming up from below. And he said the plants that pull moisture up do so much better than the plants that got watered from the top which was fascinating to me. Now, when mom and I were reading this, a Bible study together, they were talking about how Adam and Eve lived in the garden. And as we all famously know, per children's coloring books, they had no clothes on. They just stood behind branches a lot. And the interesting thing is that if you think about it, they they're standing on plants or crushing plants underneath the soles of their feet. They're absorbing minerals and oils through their feet, which is why we put rollers on our feet. It's the best place to absorb through your body. And as they're, you know, gallivanting around in this gigantic garden, this mist is rising up from the earth. And mom goes, they basically lived in a diffuser. <laughs> they lived in a giant diffuser with mist just rolling up around them and the fragrance of the plants all around them. And I just thought that that was so interesting to think about. And then to think about how the plants in those days, you guys have all heard of, you know, literally in Tennessee, they have found fossils of giant pandas, but these giant pandas are like the size of like tigers, <laughs> like red pandas, which we, you know, animals and plants and things seemed to grow a lot better back then. So God gives physical gifts for our health and well-being, says Dr. David Stewart, and he also gives spiritual gifts for us as tools to serve others. Paul lists in his letter to the Corinthians the gifts that are part of the overall body of Christ's church. He says these gifts are given to us by God and we should desire whatever gifts God chooses to give. 
feel like I'm preaching or something right now. Come on, preach on. <laughs> Should not have had a nitro. So then God created mankind and provided everything that we need to live a rich, full, and healthy life. It is fascinating when you read or when you watch that gardening documentary that you're going to be like, I don't know, just if you're reading about the Bible, you're reading about oils, you're reading about health, you're reading about modern politics, and then you watch that video about gardens, you're like, it's all coming together. <laughs> so um, do you, does, any, does anybody get like this amazing feeling just when you walk into nature or when your feet are on the ground, you're out of our plastic shoes and um drywall houses you know and just smelling nature and it is really amazing how that feels so in in the bible jesus of course talks a lot about healing it is interesting that uh it is interesting mom said as long as there's no bugs thank you sabrina for the link it is interesting that there's different words used for healing in the Bible that we don't really have that many words to translate, kind of just have healing. Some of the healing that Jesus talks about, the, the word he uses refers to a longer period of healing, and some of them are immediate healings. They're not all necessarily um, immediate, you know, what we would think of as the miraculous healing. Sometimes he says that he's given us basically tools to work with, which is just amazing when you think about the oils that we've been given. Let me go back to. So um, the Bible says Jesus called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. This is in Mark chapter six and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he said, whenever you enter a, place, a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. I, I definitely have seen, and I'm sure many, if not all of you, have seen just crazy, miraculous healing. I've also seen... Um, what I would also call a miracle, but is not always referred to, which is where, yes, Jacob. Is there a way that can go right over and destroy a whole bunch of Can houses? you talk to me about this after the Zoom call? But it's also healing where, you know, doctors and other people have wisdom to give you the tools to put your, ah, to watch out for the cord, put your body back together and heal. So, um, I would say even if, um, you know, if, if I get pregnant, right. When I got, I have three kids and to me, it's always like a miracle and everyone goes, yeah, well, people get pregnant all the time. I don't think that doesn't make it a miracle. So being healed, even by putting on it, even if you understand the science of why the oil is doing what it's doing, I still feel like it's a miracle. Okay. Uh, don't, don't, don't climb up here. Cause the cord is very fragile. Is there any sick among you? I, I hope the FDA has never read the Bible because is there any sick among you? This is in James. 
Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I mean, it's in the Bible. Why? Why are we not doing it? Okay, girls. Out, please. So in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, there's a blend, the holy anointing oil. And... God gives Moses a specific formula for a holy incense that is to be used um, in Exodus 30. It says in front of the testimony in the tent of meeting. So both of these formulas were to be the work of a perfumer or apothecary. I I have read that chapter a gazillion times because it just fascinates me reading it. And when he talks about in the Bible, how specifically it needs to be blended, I always think about how people you know, Gary Young always says, you need to mix your oils, right? <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, I made a copycat thieves. You made a blend with the same oils that are in thieves. I don't think I'd call it. <laughs> You're a copycat thief. <laughs> so um, these titles, perfumer or apothecary, refer to priests specially trained to harvest herbs, distill oils, assemble the ingredients, and compound the incense and anointing oil for temple use. Perfumery is still a profession today. Perfumers are very special and that many of them have trained their noses to distinguish as many as 2,000 aromatic compounds. Gary Young was one of those people who can smell more diverse smells than most people can. And obviously I'm sure trained himself as these perfumers do, you know, to understand what he was smelling. I've heard people say who knew Gary Young for a long time that you could open up like a off-brand oil from across the room and he would tell you what it was um like cut with like he could tell what was false in there which is fascinating to me aromas can have a direct effect upon one's spiritual emotional and physical health god knew this since he created us with the amazing ability to recall exact moments of powerful events associated with the memory of smell it is also noteworthy for us to consider that God's aromatic formula was pleasing to him. When I smell the myrtle oil, I think about the Israelites who I, I really wanted to have Aaron's book with me for this class tonight, but I inadvertently packed it so I can't tell it to you, but that's maybe even better because then you just get to go read it for yourself. But she talked about how, um, if anybody remembers, basically the first Passover, Passover, you know, was literally the word Passover. And that was when the night before the Egyptian or the Egyptians, the Israel, the Hebrews, the Israelites were leaving Egypt and they, their the final of the 10 plagues was coming, which was that the eldest son of every family that didn't have the protection of the blood was going to to die. And so what the Israelites had to do is, you know, basically sacrifice a specific kind of lamb and then dip myrtle branches in the blood and strike the lintel um, up the sides and across the top of their house. And as they would be doing that, you're basically, you're breaking the myrtle leaves. So they'd be smelling, you know, that iron rich sort of metallic blood and then the myrtle breaking um, on the, the myrtle breaking on the, uh, wood. And where did I, 
um, I have to tell you guys this amazing thing. What's so interesting is the houses that had the protection, then basically they were passed over and um, pass over, hence name. And then the um, houses without that protection, uh, the eldest son died. In Isaiah, there is a verse that says, I will put... <laughs> <laughs> name how many oils are mentioned in this verse i will put the cedar in the wilderness the acacia and the myrtle and the olive tree i will place the juniper in the desert together with the box tree and the cypress there's your diffuser blend right there <laughs> um and then this is one of my favorite verses in also in isaiah instead of the thorn bush the cypress will come up instead of the nettle the myrtle will come up and it will be memorial to the lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off uh, Myrtle, of course, very symbolic in the Bible. So <laughs> it's so interesting to think about the smells of the oils that would have been in those days. Exodus, Genesis and Exodus are my two favorite books in the Bible. And there's a ton of oil usage in there. It's not all very compliant. But what is so interesting is the way the priests were instructed to use oils insanely. Has anybody heard of Jody Meschuk's uh, dump challenge? <laughs> so we did a kind of challenge, sort of a thing, not really a challenge, but kind of a challenge last year in our Facebook group where I said, I'm just challenging you to use on your body a hundred drops of oil a day. Kind of, it was like a remembering Gary Young sort of thing, just some of the idea that I had, which was, you know, using in and on your body, a hundred drops of oil a day. I'm sure Gary Young used a gazillion more than that, but just getting that feeling when you have those days where you just happen to use a ton of oils, you notice that you just, you feel and you behave and you think so much differently. And the priests in the Bible. So then Jody Meschuk has his dump challenge where she like takes the drop producer out and literally pours a bottle of oil on her head. And, um, people <laughs> said, Oh, this is, uh, I have read an aromatherapy book and that's bad for you. You know, I have aromatherapy certification and that's bad for you. And then I'm thinking about these priests in the Bible, the way that, God told them to use the oils. How scandalized aromatherapists of today would be. Oh, hyssop. Mom said hyssop for passive or not myrtle. Sorry, mom. Hyssop. Yes, that's right. The same one that they used um, at the, um, the same one that they used at the cross. <laughs> Sorry, there's a word that I knew was coming. So um, in Exodus, the priests were told to have perfumers or apothecaries make these blends of oils. And we have a blend of oils called Exodus two. It's not the exact same recipe as the holy anointing oil. Uh, just in case if anybody was concerned, because the holy anointing oil is described as to be used by priests specifically. So if you were like, well, I don't want to use the exact same recipe. Why it's not Exodus exactly the same. Two. Yes. Exodus two. Um, that is definitely one of the best oils and people know that because it's gone out of stock a couple times right now. But the priests were instructed to make these blends of very potent oils with properties that are not explained in the Bible. Nowhere, 
mm, maybe Bible is the original compliant reference guide because nowhere in the Bible does it say virus or bacteria or <laughs> any of those things, but it does say after you sacrifice a bajillion animals and after you um, examine a bajillion sick people, because I don't know if you guys know that priests in the Bible were where the sick people came to the priest to say like, do I have leprosy or am I good to go? And so the priests are looking at all these sick people all the time. After you do this job all day, basically soak yourself in this blend of essential oils. <laughs> what? And then take it and go ahead and wash your entire the sacrificing area, the, um, the altar. And if you explain, if somebody in the olden days were to, you know, put this magical oil on these contaminated surfaces and then voila, they don't get sick. It's kind of like, wow, it's magic, you know? Whereas today you could say, oh, I know what bacteria is and we know what viruses are and we know what chemical properties kill them so the mystery is solved <laughs> but it's not really spelled out for people in the bible there was other things that the israelites were told to do that certainly made them the laughing stock of other tribes like go dig your latrine far away from where you're drinking water <laughs> wash your hands before you eat dinner that's in the bible People gave him a hard time for that. Um, don't eat dead, rotten animals that you found that just died of sickness. Don't eat animals that eat dead, rotting, sick animals. Uh, because under, God understood parasites, right? Um, people back then maybe didn't so much, but, you know, had to be compliant. So you couldn't say parasites. Just said, don't eat the rotting flesh. <laughs> so the priests and Israelites would have experienced the effects of both the anointing oil and incense on their physical bodies, as well as the environment when they entered the temple. I've often thought of how strongly the smells must have been associated for people, because if you were to go to the temple, not saying that the average person is going into the Holy of Holies or anything like that, but just being around it, I mean, People walk by my house on the street and say, wow, it smells so good. <laughs> you know, they're outside my house. And so surely if I just have a diffuser with, you know, five drops of Exodus 2 going, if a priest is taking a carafe of this oil and like pouring it everywhere, it's going to smell out there. So it's amazing to think about the smell associations, which um, the Bible does call upon these smell associations all the time by having people use, you know, plants and oils at certain times. But um, to think that you, like you would smell in the Holy of Holies, this oil, and then at the same time, a, a new king would be anointed with the oil. And so you like associate it with those holy moments. Consider for a moment that during this time, mankind lived in a very difficult and harsh environment. The non-existent sanitation caused many different illnesses and diseases. Notice that there, nowhere are there um, Philistines. <laughs> Nowhere do we have like Hivites or Jebusites or all these other tribes that are mentioned in the Bible. Like, where are those little tribes? Um, well, they were not washing their hands. 
They didn't wear their mask. <laughs> the non-existent sanitation caused many different illnesses and diseases. The Israelites' experience with disease would have caused fear, isolation, and despair, and led them to experience the feeling, is God here with us? The temple was a place where sacrifices were offered daily. For example, in Jesus' day, during the week of Passover, hundreds of thousands of animals were sacrificed in Jerusalem. If anybody's read the fascinating story about Solomon dedicating the temple, he sacrificed so many animals <laughs> that it says the blood was literally just running down the street. I can't even imagine that. The sacrifice of any life leaves behind matter that promotes the growth of pathogens that can cause disease. God's aromatic anointing oil and incense not only hold secrets that served ancient man, but we will learn how they can serve us today. One of God's first gifts may be what again preserves mankind's existence. So here is the description um, from Exodus 30. The Lord spoke to Moses, take the finest spices, you're literally going to feel like you're reading like the back of your desk reference right here of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels and of sweet smelling cinnamon, half as much. That is 250 in case the priest can't do math and 250 of aromatic cane or calamus, 500 of cassia measured by the sanctuary shekel and a hin of olive oil. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil blended as by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointed oil, anointing oil. With it, you shall anoint. Did you hear that? <laughs> With it, you shall anoint the tent of meeting and the Ark of the Covenant and the table and all its utensils. So, yeah, all your spoons and stabbers and things the lampstand and its utensils the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils and the basin with its stand you shall consecrate them so that they may be most holy whatever touches them will become holy you shall anoint aaron and his sons aaron was the priest and consecrate them in order that they may serve me as priests you shall say to the israelites this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations then um the next the next one in exodus same chapter chapter 30 the lord said to moses take sweet spices myrrh anica galbanum sweet spices with pure frankincense an equal part of each and make an incense blended as by the perfumer seasoned with salt pure and holy and you shall beat some of it into powder and put part of it before the covenant in the tent of the meeting where I shall meet with you. It shall be for you most holy. It is so interesting that I actually, when I got my starter kit, I did not know frankincense came in it. And when I saw frankincense, I was like, I thought that was an old time thing. Like, I don't really know what I, like where I thought it went, but I didn't realize that frankincense was still a thing, I guess. Um, even though the first time I smelled the resin burner, I was just launched, instantly launched into Christmas Eve service at our church where they burn frankincense resin. And that's when I realized that was frankincense I was smelling. I just thought, um, incense, I didn't really know what different kinds of incense were. So I was like, I smell incense. I didn't think frankincense, but I hope you noticed that the word incense is in frankincense. 
So if God so thoughtfully prescribed aromatic oils for the Old Testament people, not only as a means to uplift their spirits and enable them to more easily pray and communicate with him, but also as a means, of course, this is in the old days, to protect themselves from pathogens that could arise from daily animal sacrifice, consider this. Could it be possible that God, in his loving thoughtfulness, also had in mind that we apply his oils today for health, protection, and healing in our daily lives beyond the sanctuary? Does anybody have any smells that when you smell, not oil necessarily, but it just like triggers a memory for you? Anybody had that? Baking bread. Oh yeah, that is such a good one. That's a great point. You know what my biggest problem is? There's a smell in Valor 2 that I, I have a memory on and I just can't figure it out. Like it's so familiar and it's really comforting to me and I, I can't get enough of it. Of course, you can't get it outside of the kit in the United States, but of course. Canadian friends that hook me up, but yeah, um, that's right. But there's something so comforting about it and I don't know, I still haven't been able to figure it out. It'll come to me. I know that it will, but I just, I don't know what it is. There is a smell. I don't know if anyone knows how to pronounce the oil, Elamai, Elimi. I actually have no idea how to pronounce it. But, um, Elami. Elami? Yeah, it's right. Yeah, I was just diffusing it today, actually. When I smelled that oil for the first time, it, it triggered a memory for me um, of cooking shashliki in the mountains in the Caucasus. Um, in Russia and there was some herb out there in the, the forest that was that exact smell and I could not stop smelling that oil because it was like time travel almost it was so strong it was insane okay so let's talk about oil usage in the Bible This may surprise you to know, but Jesus had little, had little regard for the FDA. <laughs> Shocking, I know. So there's always a governing body of the time that hates when anybody... <laughs> wants to do something different. They try to trip you up on little compliance things. They try to um, keep you from saying what is true. So, of course, Pharisees and Sadducees were the FDA and FTC of their time. And everything Jesus said, they had a problem with it. And if they didn't have a problem with what he said exactly, then they had a problem with the day he set it on <laughs> so of course um jesus just kept right on telling the truth and <laughs> may i encourage you to continue to tell the truth by telling you that they killed him <laughs> so that's gonna keep you going <laughs> just kidding um but he, he got back up right but um in the bible in Exodus, we have a very early um, 
business lesson for all of us. So I've mentioned this before on a live video, but I don't think I've ever talked about it on a Zoom call. So I'll mention it here in case anybody's never read this. So when the Israelites left Egypt, I don't know if you realize how many there were, but there was a, a, over a million of them at the time. So that's a lot of people. And they have one uh, rather inept leader who doesn't want to be a leader, very resistant. This would be Moses. You have the familiar story of the parting of the Red Sea. Then they're out into the desert they go where they start their journey. They took a really long time to go a very short distance because of some um, inability to do what they were told by God. But in, in the Bible, we have this description of Moses being overwhelmed. So Moses, they didn't have kings at this time. They, the Israelites up until King Saul had judges. So Moses was their judge. So he would basically sit and hold court and people would get in a line and bring him their problems. I'm sure we've all experienced this feeling. Mom said Moses just drank the star. <laughs> um, can you close that door so I don't hear you guys? Yes. I don't have anything for you to watch it on because I'm using my laptop on my phone. No, the TV's not plugged into anything, so it won't work. Yeah. So can you close that door? Maybe I have a new house. Yeah, your new house you can. Yeah. Can we talk about this when I'm done, please? Camille, we literally would be done with the Zoom call by now. What do you need, Adelaide? New Okay. Can you give me a big hug? No. Hey, mom, text Gary and ask him when he's going to get here. <laughs> no, he should be home by now, but I think he had to stop at the store to get. Yeah. Jacob, can you please uh, get the baby something, anything, um, so she can go back out there? please and close the door. Okay. So sorry, interlude. So as illustrated, people would line up. Thank you for the object lesson children and deliver Moses their problems. So uh, Moses had a wife, had a wife and children and they were living with his in-laws. And so they actually came out and met him in the desert. So his father-in-law Jethro brought his wife and their, his sons out to where he was in the desert just to drop him off and get on his camel and go back. Or whatever Jethro was the Midianite priest and when Jethro came out here he saw that Moses is basically sitting here from dawn to dusk listening to people's problems and the lines were not getting any shorter because as fast as you solve one problem ten more people are in another fight they're standing in line so Jethro said to Moses basically you've got a problem here so I have an idea why don't you basically deputize so appoint like captains and so every captain can be over like a thousand and then that captain can appoint um like lieutenants over hundreds and then those lieutenants can appoint you know i don't know ranks but you know sub lieutenants over tens and 
you know, of course, as we see in the good book, Moses goes, is this a pyramid scheme? Because <laughs> we were in one of those in Egypt. <laughs> we did not like building pyramids. Jethro's like, no, <laughs> it's not a pyramid scheme. It's just literally simplifying things. <laughs> and yeah, everybody, everybody knows somebody who was in a pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> Well, this wasn't a bad one. Now he needed a good one. So this literally simplified things. You know, Moses is the royal crown diamond. Then he's got the, um, you know, diamonds over their thousands. And then all the way down to stars, you know, working with their teams of five. And this made it so first you go to the star leader and say, can you help me solve my problem? Then if they can't, they can roll it up to the senior star leader. If they can't solve the problem, they roll it up to the executive leader, you know, all the way on up to by the time this, the big problems that nobody can solve, then it goes to Moses and he still has to solve problems, but people are not texting him 24 hours a day on his <laughs> tablet. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we also have instances of people in the Bible, um, starting, uh, Oh my God, you're killing me over here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lee. <laughs> so, um, there's <laughs> my humor love language. Well, okay. This is a very specific audience to understand. You have to understand both oils and young living. <laughs> and the Bible, like these jokes aren't going to work with anybody. So, but here's actually an interesting story that people will say to you in Young Living all the time, should I, um, you know, maybe God likes me better if I'm poor. Um, you know, we've all heard things like this. So <clears throat> if you've ever wondered it is not necessarily virtuous to be poor. What the Bible says about money is that if, like, think about this. If I ask you to drop everything and travel the world with me right now, if you had an amazing, you know, <laughs> he called on his tablet. <laughs> like, if you had, like, an amazing mansion, it would be really hard for you to leave that and go. You would have to freaking love we can't. me. We're on quarantine. Yeah, can't. You're on quarantine. You'd have to love me a lot to drop it and go. But if you were like homeless living in a box underneath a bridge, you'd be like, heck yeah, I'm coming with you. That sounds like way better than what I'm doing now. So what the Bible tells us is that um, if you are not emotionally prepared to leave, to leave what you have and make make God your God and not your stuff, your idol, then your stuff is now becoming the problem. And, um, a lot of people quote the Bible as saying money is the root of all evil. That is not a quote from the Bible. The love of money is the root of all evil, but over and over in the Bible, you have examples of very wealth of Abraham, literally a multimillionaire, um, Job, multi, multi-millionaire RCD to the max lost his whole team, by the way, but he came back. So then, um, you have, um, this amazing story of Elisha. So I love the story of Elijah and Elisha, such a good story. Elijah was a prophet and he had this amazing anointing from God. And Elisha was like his apprentice prophet in training. <laughs> and when Elijah and Elisha, 
Elisha, they go out into the desert and Elijah basically knows that this is the end of his time. And he says to Elisha, so what is it that you want? And Elisha says, I want what you have. And Elisha has great self-worth and grasp of abundance. He says, I want what you have, but I want like twice as much. <laughs> and Elijah goes, that sounds fantastic. So fiery chariot takes Elijah away. Elisha picks up his mantle. You know, this is where we get that symbolic saying, you know, carry, you know, pick up the mantle and carry on. And um, Elisha goes back into town. So Elisha's hungry and as one is tends to be. And um, he meets a woman and he's like, would be fantastic if you could make me a cheeseburger. Um, kosher please and she goes well actually i'd love to do that but um we're almost out of food so this is my plan i'm gonna use my last little scrap of flour and my last little scrap of oil i'm gonna make a piece of bread me and my kids over here are gonna eat it and then we're gonna die <laughs> this is the way of widows in the olden days um if you didn't have a man you were basically um you were expiring your account was going inactive so she, <laughs> Elisha says, um, okay, here's the plan. So I want you to send your sons out to all your neighbors and I want you to have them bring back as many jugs, bottles, um, tea kettles. And I want you to start filling them with oil. So she takes her little cruet of oil and she starts pouring it into all these containers, Tupperware things that they're bringing back. And she starts filling them and filling them and filling them and filling them and her oil is just filling every she's like go get more get more containers where we is still going so she fills all these containers she <laughs> tell me if this sounds familiar she sells the oil <laughs> and pays for all her debts with the money she makes and buys her freedom essentially so we have here a great example of the first young living distributor in the Bible selling oil to pay her debts and um by being able to pay her debt she could feed the prophet you know she had enough to feed other people it was a good thing for her to have more your enroller link is literally exactly the same as her little cruet of oil it never runs out there is unlimited oil on the other side of that enroller link and you can keep passing it out all freaking day long. People will pay you for it. Just like they paid her for those jugs of oil and you can pay your debts and you can buy your freedom and, um, hashtag youngliving.com slash IDS. Please go read the income disclosure statement since we're talking about money. <laughs> okay. Um, Bible does not have an income disclosure statement. Just warning you breaks all the rules. So, <clears throat> Your never-ending bottle of oil, it's actually a good thing to make money. Uh, one of the best object lessons, actually not one of the best, the best object lesson, not from the Bible necessarily, but assisted along by the Bible God. <laughs> um, I learned an abundance object lesson this past month. So I'll tell you guys that. It was um, a couple months ago, our church asked if people wanted to get prayed for, you know, to basically buy homes. And I, we have a home. We love our house. It's amazing. 
and I, I knew there's people in the audience or the congregation, whatever you call it at church who really needed to buy houses. And I thought it's really selfish of me when I already have a house to stand up and say that I want to get prayed for, for basically a better house. Like that seems really selfish of me, but I want what you have and twice as much. So I stood up anyways. And, um, the amazing thing is out of the blue, say that heavy sarcasm out of the blue, we found literally our lifelong dream property. The property that we will, we want to live on for the rest of our life. And so many things lined up for us to get it. But here's what's crazy. Juan, what do you have but twice as much? The, we have friends here in Young Living we met because I went to a vendor event and enrolled somebody and she enrolled somebody who is this somebody who has been looking for a house in the exact town where we live in the exact budget of what our house would be. And we called her and said, do you, do you want to buy our house? Cause we found another one. Like we can move. Do you want to buy our house? And she said immediately. Yes. Thank you, Elaine, for sharing the um, compensation plan link. She said, yes, I want to buy our house. Um, because they have had a very frustrating time trying to find a property. I don't know if you're familiar with Seattle housing market, but it's insane. Houses, same day that they list, are getting 15 plus offers all over list. Um, insane escalation clauses. Uh, tiny two-bedroom houses out in the outskirts, you know, 40 miles from Seattle are selling for $450,000. And um, they, so they said, yes, we want to get your property. So they basically were able to, they're, 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 we're all signing tomorrow. We're signing on our new house tomorrow. They're signing on our house tomorrow. Everything's happening tomorrow. And we're walking into our dream home. And because we're walking into that home, they're walking into this home, which is fulfilling. It's a huge answer to prayer for them because they're walking into this home. One of their friends who is now not going to have her home is going to actually be able to rent from them and have her home. And, um, there's even more, um, like my brother is going to come out and see he might actually get married on our property, which would mean all the money he was going to spend on his wedding goes into his down payment. So he's going to get the home that he wants. Like I want what you have and I want twice as much because if I have twice as much freaking everybody gets blessed. There is every reason, um, to get and to have and to give twice as much. If Elisha was like, it seems a little selfish then that widow would have she would have um eaten her sandwich with her kids and died and elisha would have been like i'm so humble i bet god really loves me <laughs> no that's probably ticked off because the widow's dying so um everything you experience in life every hardship every trial with your business. Did you know Jesus, <laughs> the Bible says he's touched with our affliction. Um, so uh, in the bathroom, so Jesus has felt the pain too. All right. 
uh, you feel pain in your business. Jesus felt pain in his, he had 12 legs. One of them quit, <laughs> turned him into the FDA. That sucked. Um, it happens to the best of us. You can be, you can be the best leader. Heck, you can be God <laughs> and someone on your team is still going to be pissed off with you. Just want to like warn you of that right now. So here's an interesting quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to hijack C.S. Lewis's quote for you guys. So I'm going to hijack it for oils, okay? <clears throat> Christianity, if false, is of no importance. True. And if it's true, it is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Okay. Here we go. Oils if they don't work, are of no importance. And if they do work, they're of infinite importance. The only thing oils cannot be is moderately important. They work or they don't work. They need to be used, studied, appreciated, celebrated, sold. Yeah, I said it. They need to be sold so that people can have them. Sorry, but that's how things work. So, um, oh, by the way, this is not really related to oils, but if anybody's ever wondered what Enneagram number the Holy Spirit is, I actually know. I actually found the verse that tells us what Enneagram number the Holy Spirit is. It's a two. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the helper. So Jesus, um, as we know, oils are symbolic in the Bible. And there were people in the Bible um, who understood the importance of who Jesus was. Okay. Not everybody did, but a lot of people did. Um, one of them was Mary, not his mother, but a different Mary. And she understood that Jesus was getting close to the time where he was going to die. And um, so she brought in a container, um, alabaster box. If you've heard the famous song, um, she brought in an alabaster box of perfume, AKA essential oil. They didn't have, you know, <laughs> fake perfume yet in those days. And, uh, she broke it and anointed Jesus' feet with it because she understood that, um, this is what you do for a King. Elaine is back. So she broke the alabaster box, anointed his feet, you know, as one does for a king. And uh, there was, <laughs> there are other people in the room, one of whom, Judas. Uh, of course, Judas goes, oh, I'm sensitive to fragrances. <laughs> I, you know, don't, I can't be around that oil. Uh, it's giving me a headache. Um, you know, you could have sold that and like fed poor people. <laughs> I'm allergic to lavender. It's so funny, Sabrina, because in the Bible, this says it, I, I think at least in one place it's referred to as spikenard, which is a form of lavender. <laughs> um, but Judas, of course, as we see, he, he actually wanted the money for himself. He didn't really want poor people, but he was like, you know, if people, if she had just given the money to their team, then he could have um, kind of 
kept some for himself. And I just want you to know that you're going to run into a lot of people, a lot of people who are going to be unhappy with you for building any business. They might say that it's because it's young living. They might say that it's because it's oils and they think oils are a scam, which is fine. Who cares if they think that? Um, they might they say it's because Young Living's uh, MLM and you know pyramid scheme. Um, you can tell them to pound sand. <laughs> um, and but it really doesn't matter at the end of the day what it is you're doing. People can be unhappy with you just because they're unhappy with themselves and it makes them uncomfortable to see you doing well. That would be like Judas. Please don't call them a Judas. That's not nice. But um, that is kind of Judas's attitude where they, they want everybody to be as unhappy and miserable as they are. Um, Judas hung himself, by the way. He couldn't live with he couldn't live with uh, what he did. Yes, he poached from other teens. He couldn't live with what he did, and he hung himself. Um, it was a very miserable and sad end, but a great object lesson again that it's way better to be <laughs> crucified upside down like Peter was than to. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um. When you read your Bible, I would encourage you to look for references to oils. There's about 1,100-ish references to oils and resins and things like that in the Bible. And you could save the verses or mark the verses um, for yourself if you just want to remember them. You could try the recipes. <laughs> um, there is a Lucia Libido book right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, called the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. It's all about oils and sex. <laughs> a lot of symbolism, but really amazing when you read it and you realize um, there's nothing new under the song. Speaking of Solomon, who was the one who said that. Nothing new under the sun. <laughs> and then there's a lot of uh, people who have avoided the Bible. They're probably not on this Zoom call. <laughs> because it's been... Not unlike your oils and your oil business, it's been misused, misrepresented, maligned. People have said terrible things about it. People have done terrible things like using it as their reason. And that doesn't change, however, the, the um, purity and value of the content. Whether there are teams out there who are literally scammers and just horrible people. There's network marketing companies that rip people off, hashtag Herbalife. But that it doesn't make network marketing not work. It just means there's people who abused it. And we don't want to be like those people. We don't want to be around those people. However, the network marketing still works. Hello, I'm buying a house tomorrow. So I would encourage you, there's definitely lots of triggers and shadows for a lot of people that can be associated with the Bible, um, but let all the people who have tried to ruin the experience for you, whether it's network marketing or oils or the Bible or whatever, try, I, I guess 
put some oils on trauma life forgiveness ula faith and try to let those people um just not not keep you from the richness that there is to be had in this amazing uncompliant recipe book i mean bible all about health and wellness and you know the most important things there are in life i will also say in closing because i actually don't even know what time it is and it is 709 holy crap i'm so sorry but i have never found a business book or a business principle ever that is true and sound that is not also already outlined in the bible it's an amazing business book the best so um if you aren't a big Bible reader, one of my favorite ways to read it is I take a piece of paper and I divide it into thirds. And I learned this from some, it's like a combination of something I learned from a grandma who did a Bible study I went to a long time ago when I first got married and Charlotte Mason methods. So I read one chapter and then I decide which is my, the, the verse that is the most meaningful to me out of that chapter right now. And it will be different every time you read it because it's a living book. So then I, in the first third, I write that verse, then what was most important. Then in the second third, I narrate the chapter that I read. So I tell back what I just read in that chapter. And this creates the most powerful concrete memory. You can, can literally like repeat the Bible to people if you're doing this. And then in the third, third, the bottom third, I just jot down a prayer, whatever it is that that chapter has triggered in me to think about uh, or to consider. And if you are into crystals and stuff like that, definitely read uh, Exodus. So I'm so chapter Exodus, but read the book of Exodus. There's a ton of discussion about crystals in there um, where God tells them to use all these certain stones and put them all on the breastplate and every stone is for a different tribe and all kinds of cool symbolism and stuff like that there. So endless information about um, stones, jewels, gems, crystals, and oils. And people think they're so cool and hip on Instagram nowadays doing all this modern stuff, but it's really just the oldest thing in, that's out there. <laughs> the original you know, essences that God put on, on the planet for us to enjoy. Is anybody, now that I've really scrambled your brains in this kind of um, disordered recap, but does anybody have any thing that they want to contribute to this collective knowledge or questions or comments or thoughts, ideas? I'm totally interested in doing that weekly thing that you were talking about at the beginning. I, my, I lost connection, so I lost a little bit towards the end, so I'm kind of bummed, but whatever. I guess God, every whatever it was that you were saying, so. <laughs> um, that's probably good. You missed the part where I was talking about you, so. That's okay. Sorry. That's, I've heard it all. It I wouldn't shock me. Listen, I have two teenagers at home, and they use multiple devices at the same time. I mean, the bandwidth is... <laughs> well, you know. Um, great, 
I always think about Moses and those tablets. I don't know why it always cracks me up thinking about it like a tablet, but it's like, ah, he, he broke his tablets. God, can I please have another one? <laughs> um, and every time, <laughs> every time you message me, Elaine, I get confused because I think your daughter is your profile picture, right? And I'm always for a split second like, who's this? Oh, wait, that's Lane. <laughs> I know. It'll change as soon as she graduates high school. No, which, she's know. so beautiful. I love seeing her face there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I didn't really have anything to add. I just wanted to say that I liked it. Oh, I'm glad, Mom. Um, guys, we could actually do the the Bible study as our um, protocol nights when we um, – it's not very long. It would probably take us a month and a half to get through them all. Do you remember how many it was, Mom? Seven or eight? I'm looking now, the sessions. Eight. Eight sessions. So it would basically be two months' worth of classes, and it's so good. Like, there's – there's so much information. You do have to do some homework on your own and then come back to the discussion. However, the Zoom calls would totally stand alone too. People watching it's the, the same thing. If you do it a second time, you're like, wait, was that in there the first time? Yeah, no, that's so true. Mom is so right. Mom and I did it. And then, yeah, when I, we, you, did we do it again? No, you did it with Amy then after that. And you kept telling me all the stuff. I was like, did you get it? Oh, it disappeared. Like, did you get a different like edition of the book because I do not remember that it was so crazy yeah there's so much to learn and it just it never ends and I always want to hear your bible jokes <laughs> I'm always trying them out on Sabrina so she's she's used to it <laughs> well um Kaden and Sabrina and Colleen and Diane and Elaine and my mom who like disappeared for some reason right when she was talking. Um, thank you guys for jumping on this with me tonight <coughs> and helping, <laughs> helping me process. <laughs> Mackenzie is here. Why does it not show me that you're here, Mackenzie? That is so weird. Oh, maybe. Oh, I think it doesn't show people whose cameras are not on. That's what it was. Sherry, I will post the recording. I will post it on Vimeo. I actually have this and our last video, our last Monday night circle up to post. So vimeo.com slash infused oilers is where I put all our um, recordings that are compliant, which this one was. Oh, Oh, okay. I see. Okay. It's, it's only showing people whose cameras are on. That makes sense. Cause I was like, I keep admitting people, but I don't see them. But then you, Colleen was like, I can see people here. So is that you Colleen? Somebody said they could see people. I saw them. My brain is completely gone. Well, you're um, moving. It's in a box. <laughs> hey, I don't have to wash dishes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling kids to bed so I can't have my camera on. Oh, Mackenzie, you're amazing. I totally I'm going to miss that. your kitchen. I've been watching your kitchen for forever. I'm going to miss all the videos in your kitchen. Yeah. Don't laugh, but I was in there, la <laughs> I was in there last night at like uh, yeah, vimeo.com slash infused oilers. Yes, Sherry, that is correct. That is it. Um, there should already be some videos up there like our past ones. You're so welcome. I was in there last night taking pictures of my Aria in the dark, <laughs> steaming away. I was like, I love this kitchen. <laughs> but I'm so happy because the house is going to an amazing family in awesome. Young Living on our team. And um, 
I told her, just think for over three years, this house has never had a chemical in it. It's fantastic. I'm really excited about like, yeah, okay, I've been watching like, you know, you and your kitchen and everything. Like I, I, I'm used to that and I love it, but like, right. I'm so excited to see like together and all the stuff that you're going to be able to like do. Like, can you imagine not just like, yes, this opened up the door for like, uh, like other people to get that home and so on, so on. But this also opens up you to have more of a space to be able to share all this stuff with people to move forward. And I'm like, I'm I'm so excited for all like, I am so with you. I'm so with you. I feel like this house is a really, there's, those are the things. Oh, also the real estate agent who's doing our house is on our team and the real estate agent for the couple that's buying our house is on her team. So like everybody's young living over here. That's really, really nice. So think about like, that's all Oilers. And oh, and the gal who's going to come stay with them, she's on, on our team also. Like, this is all like team being blessed. And I always thought, and maybe other people thought this too, you know, the fun stuff happens when you're a Royal Crown Diamond or something, but um, like you have to wait till you roll a Crown Diamond for those big, exciting things. But it's totally not true. Like, with um, <laughs> Kaden's grabbing me up, you know, with your your diligence and stuff. Um, if you haven't watched Madison Vining's backwards diamonding video in, um, 12 days of diamonds, you should definitely watch it because she talks about basically always incrementally. Good night, Diane, always incrementally, um, you know, living as a diamond, working up one, one little bit at a time. It's really, really amazing. So, um, Backwards Diamonding by Madison Vining and 12 Days of Diamonds. Uh, amazing video. But the fun stuff can happen a lot sooner. And this, guys, there's so many golds. <laughs> there's so many golds. When I hit silver, they um, used to put your name in their little magazine that, you know, you get in your essential rewards thing. They don't even put platinums in that anymore. <laughs> like, there's so many people ranking every month. So. Um, it's super exciting. It's a good thing. It is a good thing because that's more people getting oils. Think about Young Living is literally only, I think, at the most $2 billion a year company. That's nothing. That's nothing compared to where Young Living is going. I'm just saying, like, this is like the very beginning curve. The very beginning. Gary Young said um, at like their first convention of, you know, (laughs) 10 people or whatever, he said uh, that one day we're going to fill like a a stadium, which he did. And then um, he said one day Young Living is going to be even bigger than Amway, which is $9 billion a year company. So (laughs) imagine Young, Young Living how big you think your business is now doubling. I want what you have twice as much. <laughs> All right, y'all you're my people. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you being here tonight and, um, entertaining, entertaining yourself with me <laughs> and Thanks for uh, the entertainment and the education <laughs> and, uh, Kaden, 
always a hoot and a holler to see you hooting and hollering. <laughs> All right, Colleen, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, everybody, have an amazing night, and I'll see you on Monday from the new house. <laughs> Good night. Bye.